Well, it's wonderful to be here tonight. And, um, again, it's an honor to be here to preach the gospel to all of you. Tonight we'll be in Isaiah 41. Isaiah chapter 41. The name of the message is Words of Comfort. Fear thou not. Words of comfort, fear thou not. Could also be named five reasons to not fear. Isaiah 41, keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east? called him to, to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword, and his driven stubble to his bow. He pursued them, and passed safely, even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. Who hath wrought it? Who hath wrought and done it? Calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, the first And with the last I am he. The isles saw it and feared. The ends of the earth were afraid, drew near and came. They helped every one his neighbor, and every one said to his brother, Be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith. And he that smootheth with the hammer, him that smote the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. And he fastened it with nails, that it should not be moved. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. And here's our text. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness, which is Christ. And in verse 13, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Words of comfort for believers. In this world of trials and tribulations, it's not hard for us to start to fear. We look around at what is happening or sudden things may come up that make us anxious or trouble our hearts or make us distressed. And I pray that in those times that that we would fasten our eyes upon Christ fasten our eyes upon his sovereignty and just look to him. And our text is found in verse 10 where where we are commanded to not fear or be dismayed. I'd like to make a few comments about the text in context. Our God, he rules and reigns in heaven. He's an absolute sovereign God. 
we looked at this on Sunday morning. And, and this, this gives us great comfort and great peace to know that he is in absolute control. This chapter continues where, where chapter 40 left off. Hawker says um, that it's, it's the continuation of the sermon that, that Isaiah was preaching in, in chapter 40. In our text here before us, magnifies God's sovereignty. The prophet Isaiah continues his sermon through this chapter, and some chief points spoken on here are God's power and his grace. Beloved, he has all power. Not just some, he has all power. Both in creation and in grace. He's an almighty God. And he has all power in both creation and redemption. Which is in opposition to the idols which man set up. In verses 6 and 7. And we'll look at those later on. But let's look again at verse 1. Keep silence before me, O islands. And let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. The chief points here dwelt upon are the proofs of God's power and his grace. And that is in contrast to idols, which men have made with their hands. Jehovah here is summoning the earth to determine whether he, or some idol, of the heathen is the true God. And if you continue reading Isaiah, the next few chapters, it's a, it's a constant vein all the way right through where he's magnifying his sovereignty. We have a testimony of the Godhead both in creation and redemption. And again, this is in opposition to all the idols that man make with their hands. All the idols that man's fallen nature and corruption set up. We manufacture in our unsaved state a God of our imagination. But all nations, all nations are called upon to acknowledge the Lord's sovereignty in this verse here and to discern his hand in history. Verses 2 to 4, Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot and gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword and is driven stubble to his bow. He pursued them and passed safely, even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. Who hath wrought and done it? Calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord, the first, and with the last I am he. In verses 2 to 4, the challenge is answered by God stating his sovereignty. He asks questions which point to his being a sovereign king. A lot of commentators say this is referring to Cyrus later on in Isaiah, prophesizing about him. Then in verse 4 he asks, 
who hath wrought and done it. Call on the generations from the beginning. Have these idols? No. They're dumb idols, right? They can't do anything. The idols which men set up. Even the idols of God's imagination of a false god that they set up. Who says he wants to save you, but he can't. But scripture declares here, the Lord the first and with the last I am he. So who calls the generations from the beginning? I the Lord. The first and and with the last I am he. Contrast that with John 14, 6 and 7. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then he says, if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. God incarnate in the flesh. The Lord Jesus Christ. And God's chosen people are taught We're taught and we acknowledge God's absolute sovereignty. There's no question. When the Lord saves us, we bow our knee to God's sovereignty. We bow our knee that he is an absolute sovereign. Verses 5 to 7. The isle saw it and feared. The ends of the earth were afraid and drew near and came. And here we see the idol makers in verses 6 and 7. They helped everyone his neighbor. And everyone said to his brother, Be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, and he that smootheth with the hammer him that smote the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. And he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. Here we have an account which the Lord here gives of idolatry. And behold, the folly of it to its full. One sinner encouraging another is among the devices of Satan to blind the eyes of all. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, the gospel's hid. The gospel's hid to those who are lost. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost. See, the gospel's a revelation. God must reveal himself in Christ to us or we never know him. We have no idea of who he is unless he reveals himself to us. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Oh, we were in utter darkness, weren't we? And the light of the gospel came to us. And who was it in? It was only in Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. Back to our text in Isaiah. Verses 8 and 9. But thou, Israel, art my servant. Oh, these are sweet words here to God's church, to his elect. Brother Chet and I were talking yesterday about how there was a time when we did not know Christ. We were just living in the world like everyone else. And, and this is why I never look down on other people who, who, uh, who aren't saved because I was there. 
I came out of that. But look at these beautiful words to the church. But thou, Israel, art my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen. The seed of Abraham, my friend. To whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the cheap man thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Comforting words for spiritual Israel. God's chosen people. His elect. As the gospel spread, and it still does today, the resentment comes from idolatrous heathens. They, they hate the gospel. But don't forget, we did it one time too. We were there too. But for the mercy of God. But here we have comforting words for, for God's people then and, and us now. The chosen of God. When did he choose us? In eternity. Based upon absolutely nothing we've done. But by the pleasure of his goodwill. Because if it was based upon us, there'd no one be chosen. Because <laughs> we're just a bunch of sinners. But all oh, the mercy of God in Christ, he chooses sinners called out of idolatry, and we were all in idolatry one way or another, either worshiping ourselves or worshiping idols. Called out by the sovereign, mighty power of Jehovah. And beloved, those he calls here never cast away. Never. Great comfort for the Israel of God. Comforting words for sinners like us. Sinners who are made willing. Sinners who are called and assured that the Lord and their Savior would protect them and defend them. Comforting words for us. He will deliver us. And He has. He's delivered us from our sins. And here's our text, verse 10. So he tells us of his sovereignty. He tells us that we're chosen in Christ. That he calls us. And then he says, fear thou not. Why? For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. It's not hard. We, in this world, we can get fearful. But here's some comforting words. Beloved, in, in our blessed Savior, the wrath and justice of God against those who believe His elect, His called, is extinguished. Someone says, oh, you don't know what I've done. Well, I was reading about Paul today. 
going house to house and pulling women and men from their houses. I was reading where, where they laid coats before Paul. They laid, and, and while, he, while Stephen was stoned to death, he was there consenting. But the Lord saved him. And I also read where the Lord said he's a chosen vessel of mine. Oh. The wrath and justice of God has been satisfied. God's people are bought and paid for, ransomed by the precious blood of Christ. Fear thou not. And we fear different things, don't we? Different people fear different things. As I said, something may come up that strikes fear in our hearts. But oh, may this verse bring us great comfort. Fear thou not. And remember who's saying This is the God of the universe. The one who holds all things by the word of his power. And he says to to believers, fear thou not. Well, what are some reasons we should fear, we should not fear? Let's look at our text. And I pray that God, the Holy Spirit, will illuminate the text for us And teach us the things of Christ. Comfort our hearts. Comfort our hearts. The first point is in our text, Fear thou not, it says, For I am with thee. I am with thee. Now remember, this is is to God's chosen people. Sinners. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. We should not fear because God is with us. God. Isaiah 7.14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. The almighty sovereign God became a man and he died on the cross, the sinner's substitute. And he rose from the grave. And he's now in heaven above and he rules and reigns right now and he's with each one of us who believe. Fear thou not. The almighty sovereign God who rules the universe is with you. He's not far off. As I said, the God who who created the universe and the world and holds it all together by the word of his power is with you, believer. Is with you, beloved of God. And he says this in Hebrews 13, 5, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. 
Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as, as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Never. God's witness. And this wonderful promise belongs to all in Christ. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So fear not, beloved of God. God is with you. Point number two from our text. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. We should not fear as God is our God. He's our God. Isaiah 43, verse 1 says this, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. God has redeemed his people. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine, he says. Oh, what comfort to God's people. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. In Isaiah 43, 3 says, For I, the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, I give Egypt for thy ransom, and the Ethiopian Seba for thee. This is the God who is with us. We need not fear, as our God is the one true God. And notice in the wonderful text that we just read, he says, God has redeemed. He said, I have redeemed thee. The Lord Jesus Christ has redeemed his people from their sins. As I said, the wrath and justice of God has been extinguished. What mercy. We don't get what we deserve. The God-man mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, has redeemed us from our sins. How? By the sacrifice of himself. And he's done it. And then it says in, in Isaiah 42, or 43, verse, verse 1, I have called thee, By thy name. Beloved, that's effectual calling. He calls each one of his sheep by their name. Because every one of them is engraven in the palm of his hand. Oh, what a wonderful, merciful God. What mercy. And then it continues in verse 2 to tell us, I'll be with you. What great comfort for the people of God. Our God is God. 
And God in Christ is vast in love beyond measure. God in Christ is rich in mercy and grace towards us. God in Christ is a secure place. A resting place for His people. A sure foundation. A hiding place from the wrath and justice of God. God in Christ is forgiving. He has forgiven all our sins in Christ Jesus alone. Not some, but all. Fear not, beloved of God. God is your God. The third point, the third reason we should not fear is God will strengthen us. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. In our text again, Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. We are weak creatures. We're weak. Oh, but he's strong. When we are falling and failing, he upholds us. When we're weighed down by burdens and temptations, he gives us strength. If you would turn to Second Corinthians verse or chapter twelve, verses nine and ten. Oh, Beloved, his grace is sufficient for us. He's sufficient for us. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Weakness. Oh, we're weak. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. He will strengthen us. He'll strengthen us. Fear not, beloved of God. When we are weak, God will strengthen us. Back to our text in Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Oh, we were locked up in the prison house of sin. We had no way out. Oh, we've been set free. All our sins are paid for. And remember in your trials and tribulations in this life that the Lord is our shepherd. He'll help us. And he always does. 
He always does. Hebrews says this, For we are not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Sinless. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why, why, do, we, why do we come before the throne of grace in prayer? And in prayer, you can, do, you can pray anywhere. The religious folks make a, a big thing. Some of the best prayers is driving down the road behind your steering wheel. It, just talk to the Lord whenever you feel like talking to him. That's true prayer. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? That we may obtain mercy. In Hebrews 4.16 says, And find grace to help in time of need. Grace. Oh, I need grace. All the time. That we might find grace to help in time of need. Oh, he helps us. Fear not, beloved of God. God will help you through all this life. And then he'll take us home to glory. Isaiah 41, 10 again. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. And the last point is, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, Christ is, Christ is our righteousness. We have none of our own. Our own are like filthy rags. But oh, God will uphold us. Here, keep us. An old preacher said, if our salvation was dependent upon our doing, we'd all be doomed. We'd lose it a thousand times a day if we could. But praise be to God. He keeps us. Turn it with you. Turn me if you would to Jude. He keeps us. And not only does he keep us, he preserves us. And this ought to bring us great comfort. Fear thou not. Jude, verse 24 and 25. Oh, this is balm to the believer's soul. Now unto him, Christ. Now unto him. Oh, may we just burn this into our heart. That is able. He's able. The God of religion says, well, he wants to. But the God of free grace, he's able. He's able. He's God. He's able what? To keep you from falling. To keep you from falling. He upholds you. 
in Christ. To keep you from falling. And to present you sinners. To present you, what a marvelous word, faultless. Faultless. Before the presence of his glory, and look at this, with exceeding joy. (laughs) He presents sinners faultless with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty. He has all power. Dominion and power. He has it all. Remember, when we fear, remember this. He is a majestic God. And he says, I'm with you. I'll strengthen you. And I'm going to uphold you. I'll keep you. You can't keep yourself, but I'm going to keep you. Oh, what, what, what joy this brings us. Dominion and power, both now and ever. He rules and reigns right now. He's not waiting to reign. Oh, beloved, he rules and reigns right now, and he is with us. May we meditate on this, this wonderful good news. Fear thou not. Fear thou not. Turn with me, if you would, over to Romans chapter 8. Isaiah 10 shows us the all-sufficiency of our great God and Savior. In these verses, that verse in Isaiah reminds me of these wonderful verses in Romans chapter 8. Verse 28 to 30. Now now remember what we looked at. Remember what we looked at. He says, he says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And then Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Them who are the called according to his purpose. And we saw in Isaiah, God's people are called people. They're called. Calls them by name. For whom he did foreknow, and this is all past tense, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called with effectual calling, irresistible grace. And whom he called, them he also justified. He paid the price that God demanded for their sins. They're justified. And whom he justified, remember we just looked about keeping, I'll uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Five reasons not to fear. Five reasons not to fear. Oh, may we rest in repose in the Lord Jesus Christ.